You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Pay attention to this. Whoa! The Chiefs offense Uh, is going to do what we always do. We're going to come out. We're going to put up 100 points. uh, We have the greatest football quarterback in the game. The top three in no particular order, although I'm sure you guys can guess who's my number one. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. And when you have a quarterback and you have an offensive system, a coordinator that is able to just mix things up all the time, you're always going to put up points. We're going to combine that with great football across the board, complimentary offense, defense, special teams. We're going to go out and win games. We're in the toughest division in the National Mm -hmm. Football League. That's no secret. It's going to be fireworks every time anybody plays, and you're going to want to watch that. Ah, yes, baby. We're back, baby. But uh, we're we're, we're missing a piece. Listen, it's Friday. This is... um... This is uh, th- this is what you come to listen to every Friday. There's no BK today, unfortunately. I don't even know where, where the hell is BK at. BK at? Is he just? Is he just? He ain't getting married again, is he? That's what he took off for last year. I feel like around this, he ain't getting married again, is he? Well, it's really they come here to listen to us every other Friday right now. Um, no, but you tell them every Friday. Just just say <laughs> it. Just say it every um, Friday. It's coming. I don't. I don't know where BK said. I, I didn't ask. He just said he's on vacation. I was on vacation last week, which was the off week for this show, thankfully. So you guys didn't miss my voice on this thing. Um, but I have no Ooh. idea. I didn't ask for details. He just said he was going on vacation. Is and that the time of year to go on vacation? Is that rude of us? Should we like? Do you think he's thinking? Damn, man, they don't even. They don't even care about oh. us. No, I mean, I think you guys asked me where I was going. Yeah, and I know. And I, I like spent a week in Denver. But if you wouldn't have asked me, I wouldn't have been like, by the way, I'm going to Denver for a week. Yeah. Yeah. But you're kind of heartless. Like BK <laughs> is BK seems like a sensitive soul. Like I, I, BK, we are concerned. We do. We do are, are hoping you went somewhere better than Memphis like you did for a bachelor party, wherever you're going on vacation. But uh, sorry, we didn't ask you about that. Maybe we'll talk about that uh, the next time. I, we, I just I just assume he's at like Disney World or something because that's his spot. He loves it, Disney World. Yeah, well, we know about that oddity. <laughs> God, now that we have gotten in a better relationship with BK, we, we need to get to the bottom of that. I've just never seen a grown ass man go to Disney to Disneyland without no kids as often I mean, as it's a BK big thing goes. Now there's like a whole is it like a is whole it? subgroup of people who are just adults who like going to Disney World. Really, I I didn't know that. I didn't know. I'm saving up for one trip. Wait for yeah, my. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you afford it. It's a crazy expense. I'll wait for some dollars. I told, I told my wife, wait for my kids one trip. <laughs> all of them get it to a good age where they can all remember it. One trip is that it? right now? Wait, my my bank account is set up. I'm a Disneyland one trip guy. All right, you you heard it off the bat. The um, this Justin Reed situation. Now, first off. Justin Reed then went on Good Morning Football and just let it completely get away from him, in my opinion. Just, I love it. I, I love it from him. 
And and I can I can oddly enough, there's nobody sort of on this planet that can relate to what Justin Reed is relating to right now more than me. And I'll explain it a bit. But my favorite part is, boy, Steve, he is leaning into the we are going to do what we've always done. Like this, he has not put on a jersey in a preseason game. He has not even did a joint practice against another opponent. He's not played or practiced against somebody else in a Chiefs uniform. But my man is like, I thought he's been there from the beginning of the run, the way he's talking. Does he have a ring? We're going to do what we've always done. Put up 100 points. What we've always done? What the hell are you talking about, Justin? You've been there for 15 minutes. Also, want to add, Justin, Tyreek Hill was a big part about of the what they've always done thing, and he's not there. But that my favorite part, Justin Reed has completely embraced being a Kansas City Chief to the point where I think he's almost delusional and believes he's been a Kansas City Chief for the past five years. Like he's been drafted by the Chiefs. First off, I love what he said. And I love, I feel like we're really underrating the impact that Justin Reed's going to have on this defense. Like he's going to be the guy that's really stepping into the Tyron Matthew role, in my opinion. And uh, I think he's got a chance to be really good in Spag's system. So I feel like he's kind of flown under the radar with all the draft picks and stuff like that. But this is what you do this time of year. You you got to show confidence in your quarterback and you go you go make the media rounds and you do this kind of stuff to fill content. That's why Good Morning Football's having Justin Reed on in the middle of July and he's saying the Chiefs are going to score 100 points again. Like that's a, a game. That's what you do this time of year and then I'm everybody will freak out about it and say they lost Tyreek Hill. They suck now. Patrick Mahomes isn't that guy, even though we all know that he is. This is just what you do in July. I'm not even tripping about the 100 points thing and all that. My my thing that just cracks me up is, like, we're going to do what we always do. Like, he's been a part of this thing. Like, he, like he's been strapping up. Now, you've been with the Houston Texans for your whole career what you mean what we always like i like i feel i honestly i listen to that if you just dropped me in there i said oh that guy's been with the chiefs for about five years what we've always done i love the comp hell you should have confidence in patrick Mahomes. damn sure you should have confidence in him over what you've been with but my goodness that part of it first off you talk about underrating if you haven't seen the clip i think the shirt that he wore is underrated that that little blue number that he wore on Good Morning Football, had he come down two buttons and gave us, which I believe he's got a lot of taco meat. He just seems like a gentleman that doesn't wax. He seems like a gentleman that just has a lot of taco meat. If he's down two buttons on that thing, that would have been perfection. That shirt, the whole vibe that Justin Reed was given, that was underrated. Listen, I'm gonna listen. That, that that part just cracked me up. Is he just he's completely embraced it? Like he went men in black to the previous four or five years of his career and acted like those things never happened. Like I I feel like he believes he was on the other side of the field in 2019 when the Chiefs came back, uh, <laughs> came back from being down 24 to nothing. Because he said, "You remember what we did in 2019? That's what we do. You saw us in the Super Bowl." That's what we do. Hey, Jay Reed, you wasn't on the team. I don't give a damn. Yes, I was. That's what we do. <laughs> but here, here's here's the part, though, sort of, where I feel like more than anybody in this country, 
in this world, I can relate to Justin Reed. Because see, Justin Reed went in also to talk about like the offense and the offensive staff and the ability that they'll have to put Patrick Mahomes and the offense in good spots. He must be just in the OTAs and the mandatory minicamp that they had. Sir, that he must have been absolutely mesmerized by what an offense that is run to the caliber of the Chiefs looks like. And it was for me. I watched and covered the Chiefs for years, and then I moved to Houston where Justin Reed was, and then I watched Bill O'Brien and Tim Kelly for the last three years conduct offense, and it was like I was at Harvard, and then I came (laughs) to Penn Valley Community College, and nothing wrong for people who've done two years of life at the Penn in Kansas City, but I feel... It feels like I went from Harvard. Hell, I took a couple classes there. I went from Harvard to Penn Valley. That's what it felt like. And I feel like that's what it's got to be for Justin Reed from sitting here and watching Davis Mills and Tim Kelly last year and then Bill O'Brien, who everything's up in the air, to then coming and watching Andy Reed, Eric Bieniemy, and 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 Matt Nagy. And Patrick Mahomes run offense, it must have felt like night and day for him. So I can understand. He probably's like, is this this is NFL offense? <laughs> this, this is how coaches run offense? What? Like it was it was mesmerizing for me the difference from the Chiefs and the Texans when I got here to see how the offensive staffs conduct themselves. It's probably like he probably doesn't know what to do. He probably feels like he's seen something brand new. Yeah, and we've talked about it. I think we're going to get a different Andy this year. Like we're we're going to get creative Andy again. And so I feel like Andy's already been busting some of that stuff out. Like, oh, I haven't done this since, you know, 2017 with Alex Smith. Like, let's let's do that this year. And the defense is probably like what is going on here? And Justin Reed in his NFL career, I don't I don't I don't recall where Justin Reed played college at, but Stanford. Stanford. So yeah, they run run the football a lot, so probably not seeing a ton of super creative offense there. So Justin Reed, it's probably been a while since he's been around some offensive innovators, and he sees that every day in practice now. It's probably I mean, just think about what it's like to come from just just recent just just his last year. David Cully. <laughs> Tim Kelly, Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills. And somewhere Pep Hamilton with his hand being handcuffed, uh, with literally handcuffed around the field, literally like that. Like that's the offensive staff that he came from. Like that's where he that's where he came from. And then to go and be put in to what I believe is the best offensive mind since Bill Walsh. Like that. Like that is that is a super change for him. But my favorite part is. My man Jay Reed just, and he just he he does not remember Houston. He has been <laughs> Justin Reed. Believe like he, I think he thinks he was in the jersey of Tyra Matthew, and he has been a part of this team for the last three years because we gonna do what we gonna do. That I mean, that blew me away. Damn, you've been bracing uh, it. I do think there's truth to that. Like just 
Because Justin Reed, I think Justin Reed's a better player than he's been given credit for. I think like all the coaching turnover that he dealt with in Houston and clearly didn't want to be there last season, which was a little bit of what Tyron Matthew was going through last year, where he was just kind of angry about his contract. And I feel like he wasn't given at all the entire season. I think you could probably say the same about Justin Reed and Justin Reed's like, this is a new life. Like this is, this is a whole new world. Like I, I can change my entire NFL career here in Kansas city. And so I'm going for it. I'm going to give I, the fans everything they want. Sir, I thought you were about to break out Aladdin right there. You <laughs> said a whole new, I thought you were going to say a whole new world. That's probably what he's thinking. That's what's going to his head. around the practice. No one to tell us no or where to go. I'm sorry. That just, I, th- I thought that's what you, so I, you think I, that's, I that's believe what he's that playing he's walking around the practice field singing that he's playing like he has that like other people <laughs> have yeah. like like Drake or or uh, or or Jay or whatever. But he yeah. is he is it's the Chiefs at, at practice. You know, they have those loudspeakers on the field skies and indescribable they... <laughs> feelings soaring sun. Yeah, they they rotate on, on magic who gets to control ride. the the music at, at practice. Like they they rotate days. Like I think it's like offense defense. Sometimes it's individual players. Justin Reed is just playing the Aladdin soundtrack just when playing, it's his day just, on the practice. A whole trail. new world, baby. He's <laughs> he's looking at Andy like Jasmine. Just like, look at Jasmine. Look at her freaky ass. That's what he's looking at Andy like. Man. <laughs> My man Jay Reed. I'm talking. You talk about embracing. He embraced the hell out of it. All right, we record on Thursday, and I just put, you know, pull, pull, pull the carpet back or the curtain, whichever one you want to pull back. We, uh, we record, we record on Thursday. So Friday is the deadline, right, sir, to, for Orlando Brown. Yeah, like this Friday, is the deadline. three p.m. And and, and, and I, hell, I don't even know if I know what is the deadline. The deadline for what? Like, is that that they, they cannot no longer sign him long term after? Friday at 3 p.m., right? Yeah. So he it's has to just, play on the franchise tag. Yeah. It's the deadline to negotiate a long term contract with franchise players, which I believe there has been no franchise player who has agreed to a, a long term deal uh, so far this season. And it's seeming more and more likely like the Chiefs are not going to come to a long term deal with Orlando Brown. Yeah. Um, for me, this is, and we talked about it before, like this. Just like going to be a good organization. Like you're not going to mess this up. And uh, I think if you get hit having to pay him a top five salary at tackle, which that has jumped up in a major way, which you will have to if you don't if you don't get him signed. Like that's a mistake. You can't move that money around. Like that is a flat hit of twenty something plus million that you can't do nothing with as opposed to signing him long-term and you can move it around. Is that off? Is it 20-something? I feel like that's the average of, of what. Uh, I believe it's around there. Let me double yeah, check. It's in, the 20, it's in the 20s. Like This is a high, I mean, I would think around 24, 25 million. That is a, a flat, uh, maybe maybe not that much. Around Between 20 and 23 million, I would imagine, is around that hit. Um. But I mean, you're. I mean, you can't move anything. You can't move that around. That that is going to be on the books, right it's there. Sixteen point six million. So okay, well, a little, a little under that. Wow, um, way off. 
Um, uh, so 16 million, 16, 17 million dollars. I'll just take it up. 16, 17 million. Like that is that is a flat fee steal that you can't move around. Um, that you that you're you're stuck with right there at that amount. Uh, as opposed to signing him to a new deal and hell, I mean, we look at Cleveland. Hell, they only Deshaun Watson's only one million dollars on the books this year. They can move stuff around uh, with that money to to help with the cap situation. And for me, Serta, it's this isn't about uh, about all right, man. You traded for him. You gave up assets, so sign him. And and those things did happen. And, and and which I think is why he's in the driver's seat, and we've talked about before. But but Serta, this is about this is about Patrick Mahomes, and not just on the field protecting Patrick Mahomes. This is about can we not piss off Patrick Mahomes? Can we not get to a point where Patrick Mahomes, at any level, thinks at all? I wonder if these guys know exactly what they're doing. I wonder if these guys are putting me in the right position, right? As I still think right now he does, he's fine with it. And we know that Patrick Mahomes, you know, did his contract in a way where the Chiefs are able to do things and be able to sign other people, right? Because if we look at the offseason right now, he already lost arguably his favorite weapon in Tyreek Hill. But Tyreek Hill, you know, is on some, some stuff to where – you know, maybe you can make it make sense and you can make it make sense to Pat. All right, this is what we got. We got five draft picks. We'll be able to rebuild it. We still, you know, we can still do stuff. But, man, you start losing Tyreek Hill. And, man, you start losing his left tackle, his Pro Bowl left tackle. And he's not an idiot. He understands what you did and what you gave up to get him there. Like, the last thing you want to do, and I've said this, I remember we talked about this when we were on the air in Kansas City. When, when Aaron Rodgers was going through this thing, and you could tell it felt like the Packers were just doing things that you don't do to a franchise quarterback that could piss him off. And I think has led the Packers down the road of is he or is he not and all of this weird stuff because they haven't handled business right. Like, you want to avoid doing that with Patrick Mahomes. And, man, if you do silly things and you become cheap and you don't offer things that you should offer to a guy like Orlando Brown – you start to just you start to just raise questions in the mind, I believe, of Patrick Mahomes of like what, what like what are these cats doing? Like I didn't lose I didn't lose heel. Like we couldn't get that done. And now I'm gonna lose my left tackle or or at least be in limbo. Because you know if you don't sign him right now, the price is going to go up. It's going to go up next year. And what are you gonna do? Franchise him again? Well, we learned from Dak. Now it goes up even higher. And then the like it's going to be more smart teams, and Patrick Mahomes is not a dumb player and a dumb person. And smart teams don't put themselves in this position. I just think this is about Patrick Mahomes and avoiding for the Chiefs' relationships to start turning into what it was for the Packers and Rodgers to where Mahomes starts questioning. I mean, what are these dudes doing? Like, how in an offseason can we get – like, I've restructured my contract in a way where we can get a bunch of guys in. And how the hell am I losing Tyreek and then we can't get Orlando Brown done? Like, and I think you run the risk of that. Yeah, and uh, the issue that usually comes up with these kinds of things is the guaranteed money. That That's usually what the biggest 
decider is when it comes to negotiation, because as we know, like NFL contracts, like you sign a five-year extension, it's probably like a three-year deal. Like those things, we just don't see the end of contracts in the modern day NFL. It's just not something that happens anymore. But it's usually has to do with the guaranteed money. And the reporting from earlier this week was that they're far apart on a long-term deal and it's not looking great. But that's kind of standard in the NFL, like negotiating tactic is one side leaks. Oh, we're way apart on the deal. We're not close. We're not going to come to a long term deal before the deadline on Friday. A leak that puts some pressure on the team to try to get a deal done. And supposedly Orlando Brown wants to be the highest paid left tackle in football and he wants to reset the market. And The Chiefs aren't willing to do that. Well, that's what he should always ask for. Right. That's what in any position player if you're good at what you do and you're in a in a high demand position you should ask to be the highest paid player at your position i don't believe that orlando brown thinks that he's better than trent williams and deserves more money than trent williams he doesn't he, he's just simply I, I mean he's simply not that kind of player you might think it <laughs> he's the best option that the kansas city chiefs have and i still think that it's going to come down to, you know, maybe the Chiefs are offering to make him the, the fifth highest paid tackle in football, and he wants to be the number one highest paid tackle in football. Well, you come in the middle and of it. So the common ground is what I've been saying all offseason. You got to make him like the third highest paid left tackle in the sport. Um, like like you, you can't give him Trent Williams money because I don't think he's that good, but you're going to have to pay him if you want to keep him around. Or he's just going to have to play under the tag this year, which was always going to be a possibility. That is just a bummer because if he winds up playing under the franchise tag, it kind of hinders what the Chiefs can do. So if you were hopeful for a Robert Quinn trade, if Orlando Brown plays under the tag, they're not going to have much room to operate to try to pull off a deal like that because they're just simply not going to have the cap space for it. No, and that's that's the thing. But and that's the part and why I keep harkening back to how this affects Mahomes, not just protecting him on the field. Obviously, we all know that. You you want your left tackle because the options, um, uh, you know, are, are, are limited down the – I mean, down the down the line. But you, you made this deal, and you made this deal, and you knew when you made this trade that Orlando Brown, if he played well and if he is voted to the Pro Bowl, then that's an element that shows he played well that he was going to have some bit of leverage. And he's got leverage. And you knew, like, I'm going to have to bite the bullet on this. But we all felt it made sense, right? Because the need for that was so large. You could argue and tell yourself you lost the Super Bowl because that position was so bad. And you had to make drastic measures to fix that. And they did it. They went out and paid Joe Tooney. They went out and drafted uh, Creed Humphrey and, and drafted uh, Trey out of Tennessee. Like they revamped their entire offensive line. And then this was the other missing piece. And this is the most important position on that, that line. And you got, you knew, you knew when it happened. And I go back to this Patrick Mahomes is not stupid. He knew it too, Serta. He knew. They all knew that when they made that deal, they're going to have to sign it because it won't make sense. You trading first round picks to, to go, uh, you, you know, trading first round picks to not sign him long term. And don't try to push off no, hey, 
you know, we got these picks in Tyreek's deal, so now, you know, we made up for those. No. No, man. You got you got Patrick Mahomes right now. I just think even as much as it is to have Orlando Brown and have Patrick feeling comfortable that his left tackle is a Pro Bowl-level guy that's protecting him, it's even more down the line. You just don't ever want Patrick Mahomes to question in his mind, am I in the right place? Am I in the space where these guys are making the right decisions? Am I in the space where Andy Reid and Brett Veach are guys that I can be cool with that will have what, you know, will put me in the best position? Because I'm helping you. I'm helping you with the way I'm doing my contract. Am I in that you just never want Mahomes to question it like we've seen Rodgers do it? I don't understand the arguments that I'm seeing from Chiefs fans like just put Tooney there or or just or just roll the dice with Andrew Wiley and hope that Darian Kennard and Lucas Niang, who is eventually healthy, can you know give, give you something at right tackle like. We already saw this. We already played this game where it cost them a Super Bowl. And I still think that uh, a Chiefs with a healthy offensive line were better than that Tampa Bay team. But they, uh, that offensive line was totally dismantled. And you're saying, okay, well, it's one player. Well, the way you capitalize on the fact that you have Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith on these rookie contracts and making no money is by paying Joe Tooney and paying your left tackle and locking up those spots. And now you've got these guys too locked in for at least a couple of more years at a low price tag. And all of a sudden four out of your five positions on the offensive line are solidified for the near future. And then we'll see what they have in Kennard. I like Kennard as a prospect. And I think that he's got a good chance at being their starting right tackle. We'll see the way that that goes. And if it does go over well, then all of a sudden you're talking about one of the best offensive lines in football. And that's with Orlando Brown, without Orlando Brown, you have question marks about the offensive line again. And in a season where you're trying to figure out what you have and all these young guys that you've added to the defense, you have some serious questions at pass rush uh, with Frank Clark and George Karloftis and no other depth outside of them. And then you're trying to figure out what life is like without Tyreek Hill you need a lot of help. You need you need a lot of things and variables that you can control as opposed to the variables that you have question marks about. And the variables that you can control are along the offensive line. So you should want to minimize the amount of opportunity that this thing could fall apart. And that's the way you do it. You just sign him or you make him play under the franchise tag. He's not going to hold out. I, I, I don't need to see any more about that. Like, there's uh, under no circumstances he holding out this season. He's going to play under the franchise tag. Maybe he holds out into training camp or whatever, but he will show up eventually and he will play for the Chiefs this season. It's just a matter of you already put the resources in and why would we want to go through this again? Just give the man his money, figure out a common ground that, that you guys can agree on when it comes to guaranteed money, years and total amount and whatever. And let's just get this done so we don't have to worry about the offensive line for a few more years. Listen, man, you're going to walk through a door of either stupid that's going to cost you a lot more in the in the long run or just keep you at square one or, as you said, just bite the bullet. And it makes more sense to just bite the bullet because one door is stupid. And that door is stupid is if he pay, plays on the franchise tag, as you said, which handcuffs your ability to be able 
to uh, to make other moves and will enhance his leverage. I'm going to tell you what right now. This offense with Patrick Mahomes, this crew, Orlando Brown is not going to have a bad season. Like I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be an all pro. Then you're really screwed. But Orlando Brown is probably going to have a similar season, if not a bit better. Now he's used to it and, and, and used to playing with those guys. And that means, and why I say the door of stupid, one stupid to be stuck with 16, 17 million at a flat rate that you can't move. And then second with that is his leverage is going to enhance because he knows you don't want to franchise tag him a second time because it goes up even more than it was this year. Or you're going to have to sign him to a long-term deal, which you will because he'll have a good season. And that's going to go up more than what you would have to sign him right now. And his leverage will go up. And then he might be talking about the top in the game. He may be pushing that because the leverage is even higher. Because then if you go further down the world of stupid, which is past flat rate, this is past having to pay him more than you'd have to pay him right now, then are you willing to just say bye to him and then buy to him after franchise tagging him and paying him that money on the one-year rate and giving up the draft ass- assets that you gave up to get him to now start over again? No, you're not willing to do that. So do and get the deal done by 3 o'clock today so you don't have to go through the door in different stages of stupid. I understand the Damn, hesitation. <laughs> I understand the hesitation a little bit because you don't, you know, Chiefs fans don't believe that he's, you know, one of the three best left tackles in football. And I don't really believe that. But what you can't have if you have Patrick Mahomes, if you have this offense, if you have Andy Reid, you can't have him be a liability. We already saw what that looked like in a Super Bowl. It, it's it's simple to me. Orlando Brown is good enough that he is not a liability at left tackle. Like, you know, he's good enough to get you where you need to go with the other guys along that offensive line. So you just got to figure it out and you got to pay him long-term. It's, it's just the way these things go, unless you have a better option and the chiefs aren't close to having a better option. And, and, and the part that gets me is I don't know why we would think Orlando Brown at 26 years old, isn't an ascending player. Like it, like to think like, this is the level that he's going to be. Right, and if he is this level, I think this is a better version of Eric Fisher, which you won a championship with, if he just doesn't get any better. But he's 26 years old. This is, this. I mean, you think about it, Serta, you know this. This was a hell of a transition for him to go to the offense that he was in in, in Baltimore and what he was asked to do there compared to what he was asked to do here. And he got better as the season went on, you would hope and think at 26 he gets more used to this and that he gets better. So I'm not sitting here thinking about – it's like right now I think he is is easily an above-average offensive tackle in this league. Thank which you, is shown Fisher. By, which he's is shown – and, and I think better because he's a better run blocker. And I and, and much better. And I, and I think right now he's an above-average at 26. Like I, I, I think there is a step he can take being in this offense and being used to it more. So – I, I just uh, like the thought of this is as good as Orlando Brown is going to be is silly. I think it's a good investment, too. And, and, and not just a good investment, but an investment you have to make.
I uh, listen. I'm concerned. You know, this is somebody who um, has blocked me on Twitter. Uh, this is somebody who is not <laughs> a big, really. Yeah, years ago, <laughs> not a big fan of mine. But listen, for somebody who has in the last two years lost 122 pounds, um, shout out to Soda Weight Loss. I dropped 122 pounds in 11 months. You look great. I f- I feel I appreciate that. I feel like even though he blocked me, Frank Clark has still been able to follow my journey in weight loss <laughs> and was so inspired that he hit the people up at Soda Weight Loss and has done something in this offseason. I I believe these photos that I'm seeing are real because they are coming from his own Instagram account. Frank Clark looks like he weighs 211 pounds. <laughs> what uh, what 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 is probably, going on? I'd say probably like 225, 230. Um, he, but you no, kind of want you want him to be at like 260, 270. He looks like he is 209 pounds. Easy. Easy. He looks like he looks like he could go do 45 minutes on a Peloton and be 206. <laughs> Easy. What is going on? Listen, I know he lost some explosiveness around the corner, but that didn't mean you had to go out here and look like Will Smith before Ali. What I mean, what is going on here? Who, who is like he? This is an adjustment that was – this is way too far to the left. I, I am – like, he's going to play – he's going to play a defensive end at that position? We're at training camp. Training camp's two weeks away, and he's 205 pounds. I, what, I is think he changing, it's a little bit bigger than that. What I is mean, he changing? Is this, Serta, he's 204 pounds, but, and we have I, training camp in two weeks. But let's say let's say he's two thirty and at defensive end in the NFL, like that's I mean most linebackers are bigger than two thirty at this point. And in in Spags defense, like Spags wants these guys being like 280, 285 if he can get them that big. And Frank Clark probably normally needs to be like 270, 275. Like his he looks small. Like he looks his, his best thing that he's given is playing the run. And at two hundred and two pounds. Right now on the outside, it's just like that's that, like he that's his big thing. That's why the Chiefs brought him. He is a like he can do both things: a four down, three down, four down guy that could rush the passer and hold up in the run game. But I mean, if you are two hundred one pounds, I don't see like I like he's going way too far to the left on this thing, and I I am. Like I am really intrigued what it is. Like you gotta like you think the Chiefs have told him to do this, or they've said like this is the game plan, or has Frank just gone rogue? So I, I think that for, this is probably Frank because at this point in his career, you know, we didn't expect him to even be with the Chiefs, but they were able to rework his deal and, and get him at a lower cap number to come back. And so he seemed to want to stay here and, and want to do that. And that's the type of thing that you have to do. But Frank's probably looking towards the future and saying, you know, I'm coming off back to back bad years. And uh, I'm kind of lucky that I got to stay here in Kansas city this season. So 
he's probably after the last couple of years where he's had a lot of nagging injuries too. And last year he had two lower body injuries that he said he, he didn't feel right until halfway through the season. He, he didn't feel like a, like he normally does. It's, it's probably overcompensating for age injury play probably contract. And, and it probably is going a little too far that way. But you know, if, if it's something that keeps him healthy, it's something that makes him explosive again because it's something that he's definitely lost the last couple of years. Then we'll see. He looks light. Um, you know, I, I don't like great about it, but I don't think he. I don't think he's two hundred pounds. I don't think he's as light as you're making. He's it. gotten down to like he's thirty. Soda, he's gotten down to one ninety nine. Now listen, <laughs> if he he's lowering it, if if he like, I'm not kidding you. He looks like right now a third down specialist. Like he looks like a third down specialist, and maybe that's the game plan. But he looks like a like I would run at him all day, just run at him. Like he is going to get moved by guys, oh. and, and it might be. May, I don't think there's anything to Spags like drastically changing up the defense this offseason. Something I've been getting asked questions a lot about lately, but there could be something there with just speed like we just got to get faster we just got to yeah. and you know and george karloftis i know our guys on out of structure stags and ron have talked a lot about how karloftis had early in his college career he was playing at a much lighter weight and he just looks like a different player like he's more explosive just way faster off the ball and way more disruptive than he was later in his college career so they're hoping he kind of loses some weight so maybe there's something to that with Frank Clark and then these young linebackers, if they can wind up utilizing them more on blitzes and stuff like that to add pressure to the quarterback. So maybe there's something to just being faster and more athletic, but I agree. It's, it's a little concerning because he looks skinny. He's really skinny. I, I just want to throw out some players. And I want you to tell me if you think, if you think Frank weighs more than him, do you think right now today, Frank weighs more than Josh Gordon? Yes. I don't. <laughs> I I go in Josh Gordon. Do you think Frank weighs more than DK Metcalf? Yes. No chance. I think DK Frank's Metcalf. like 230, 235. DK just, Metcalf is 235. Like... He is not. He can't. I'm looking at this picture right now. That man is <laughs> he is closer to McCole Hardman than he is closer to Travis Kelsey. In my humble opinion. He is shorter than I thought. I was thinking Frank was like 6'5", 6'6", and he's only 6'3". Come on, man. <laughs> he's Come on, dude. That dude is like he doesn't even – like his arms aren't even that big. I mean, Maybe he's just trying to straight up be a linebacker now. Is he going into the television? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All the linebackers are bigger than him. I don't know, man. As you said, I, I think he wants to be more explosive. I get that. But dog, this is like this. This is this is too much. Uh, we'll see. I think he's just, as you said, overcompensated. He is going and lost it. He has always remember these like weird stomach issues that he has that yeah. like cause him to miss practice every year. Like he just has stomach problems. Maybe that's something to do with it too. Maybe he's totally changed up his diet. He's eating healthier now, and he's clearly all of done it, that. And all all of it is just about trying to stay healthier for a longer amount of time at this point in his career. Frank appears like he's, he's fasting until 7 PM. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what he looks like. 
I don't know, man. All right, BK, he'll be back next time we're on, and the whole gang will be back. Uh, but listen to all the podcasts right here on Arrowhead Pride. Uh, as uh, we're getting closer to the season, and you get to us every week. Uh, but um, Serta, always oh, good to chop it up with you. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Denver did well for you. Uh, stay away from them chicken wings uh, from Taco Bell. Uh, they've started to get into chicken wing business. Don't ever trust I'm not, that. I'm not going to eat those. Anyone out there, do not stay <laughs> away from Taco Bell. I got a sign, sign of bad times coming. We are out.